Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Happy to be joined by our guy, Danny Mack. He's a Cardinals broadcaster and host. At the time, man, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Oh, we are doing fantastic. So we just reacted to the broadcast last night, the audio of Ken Rosenthal and the comment that he got from John Mozeliak. Dan, we've talked about this a million times. I don't want to belabor the point too much with you, but I got to ask it at least. Uh, what was your reaction when you heard that Mo's response to Ken Rosenthal when asked about why they made this trade for the Rosa was basically they viewed him at the time as being very similar to Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader? BK, what's the big deal? He was 0 for 3 last night. Good point, Dan. We'll move right along. So what did you see? I mean, see? I don't get it, you know? What's the big deal? <laughs> There's nothing else to talk about, right? <laughs> right. Um, no, I, I, I get it. I, I, um, I had known that. And I, you know, thinking about this and thinking about at the time of when they made the deal, they had a 40-man crunch. So go back to when they made the deal. There was a a crunch on the 40-man. They liked what they saw in O'Neal. They liked what they have in Bader. They were going to give those guys a chance to play. And that's why you saw Garcia moved. That's why you saw Arena moved. That's why you saw Jose Martinez moved. That's why all those guys are moved. Um, and so, you know, the, the thing I would say is that if you look back at any of the experts of the guys that follow the minor leagues day in and day out. And I'm talking about the baseball Americas, those that, that follow the minor leagues religiously. No one had him as a top 10 guy, not one that I follow. And so, you know, he's, he's come into his own. He's and good on him. I mean, I'm happy for Randy and he's done it on the biggest stage and he's made adjustments on a breaking ball. Um, but I understand where they were coming from. They felt that apparently that there was an upside with the other two guys and we'll see how it plays out. And I've said it from day one, you know, give it a thousand at bats when the league makes an adjustment on Randy and vice versa, he'll have to make adjustments as they go forward. Where as we advance this story, guys, where my concern comes in now, I don't think there's any way you would make that deal now, but we know now, and there's no minor league system, meaning that there's no minor league games, you know, what happens with Matthew Libertor not having a minor league system and not having a minor league season, so to speak, and the competition of facing other teams? What happens next year if it's the same thing? That's two years that could be gone of development. Now, you can do all you want down in, the, in, in Springfield, but what happens now? 
And that is where I would be really concerned. And that's when this becomes really a lopsided deal. So I always say I let the trades play out. But right now, it's as lopsided as it possibly can get. And I totally understand that. But as as we were talking, and to answer your question, the comps were, and you can debate it all you want, they were looking at those three guys. They went with the other two. And obviously, it hasn't paid off. Danny, uh, look, I, I do see that we talked about this before. I do see the Tyler O'Neill comparison. I think that there are a lot of tools that are very similar between both players. Harrison Bader's a little more off for me just on the offensive side. But the real thing I want to get to with you here right now is, can you imagine, like, we have Randy Rosarain now in, in Tampa Bay. Tyler O'Neill's here. But does Tyler O'Neill or Harrison Bader have a song written after them like this one? There's a guy who hits his name, Randy Rosarena. Every time he takes a swing, it is a thing. It's Cosa Buena. Running around the bases, he's as fast as a hyena. Oh, Rosarena. I-, I mean, that's pretty incredible, no? Well, when you get a song, you know, like that from Jeff Passan, uh, <laughs> it kind of solidifies. Now, the next thing is you give him five years and $50 million and you lock him up. Yeah. Then you say, the hell with the song and give me my money. <laughs> That's what comes next. There's no doubt about it. Hey, I, I get why everybody's, you know, I totally understand it. And, and it's logical questions. Why, why is Randy Orozarena with Tampa Bay? It's a logical question. When the Cardinals were deficient last year in offense and look at their OPS. Look at their slug. It's not where it needed to be to be a team that is going to be in the upper echelon offensively or a team that needs to be a better team and advance in the playoffs. It's just not. They right now are built on their defense and their pitching, and I understand it, and they're going to have to address that. It's going to be tough with the constraints of what every team is going to be facing this offseason with no fans in the stands. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that's just the way it is. And they're going to have to figure out, do they pick up the option on Wong? Um, you want to sign Molina? Do you want to bring Wainwright back? All those things. But in the big picture, you've got to improve your team offensively. And when you say, hey, there's that guy, you had him, and now he's doing these things that are historically unbelievable, and they are, and, they, and you let him go, that, that's, it's a tough pill to swallow for fans. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. In hindsight, everything's a lot easier in life, so... Uh, but it is happening. But uh, you just mentioned a name in passing there, Yadier Molina. And uh, the scoop coming out here in the last 24, 48 hours is that he has doubled down, reiterated that he'd like a two-year deal. And I brought it up yesterday with BK and with Alex. I said, you know what? I think you give Yadi the two years, but can you afford what he wants financially? And then is Wayno and Yadi are they a package? And if they can't meet Yadi's financial request could you see them moving to a team like the yankees who could use a guy like yadi who are in win mode all the time and quite honestly have the finances for it i could yes and i think what's really interesting i think wayno waits to see what happens and i don't know this on first-hand knowledge at all but i get to see how this plays out that wayno waits to see what happens with yadi and they they are a package um I think obviously for both of them, their preference, and this is on both sides, that they would want to stay in St. Louis. And I think it's good for the game that they would stay in St. Louis. I think it's good for everybody involved that they stay in St. Louis, for the team, for the individuals, and for the fans. Um, and it's interesting, you know, by, by rule, 
Yachty's got to get the team six million and and because you got to get to the certain percentage of that in free agency. He made twenty million last year, so he's got to get to the sixteen million. And what would be interesting is if he hit free agency, what teams would be willing to buck up and pay him the kind of money that he's he'd be looking for, and how intriguing that might be if he gets there. Um, but I would think that they would find a way to bring him back. I, I really do, even with the budgetary constraints. Because let, let's face it, guys, too, um, he, he's going to sell tickets, and he is an iconic figure in this franchise's history. And as it pertains to baseball, I'm going to have Mike Schilt on the show tomorrow, and we were speaking off the air today. We're just talking about what Yachty does, um, what a normal fan doesn't see. And, and Mike said – he sees things I don't see. And I bet he says that tomorrow, too. He says he just sees things on the field I don't see. And I know Mike wants him back. And there's nobody in the coffers yet in, in what they have on their roster and in their system, at least from what I see, that's ready to take that role and run with it. And that includes, includes Kisner. I, I just don't see him being an everyday catcher yet. So, to me, Yachty is a guy that you bring back not only because he's a favorite and because he's an, an important piece to this franchise's history, but the guy can still play and he's doing things at an elite level, even at an advanced age and even with the mileage on the body. So there's a lot of reasons and a lot of uh, checks in the positive boxes as to why you bring him back. Dan, would you give him the qualifying offer? Because it's going to be, I think they said it's like $18.7 million for next year. If he wants a two-year deal, he's probably going to turn that down. And then at least then, if if he were to want to go somewhere else, they were going to give him more money elsewhere, uh, the Cardinals would then get draft pick compensation as a result. If you're Mo, do you think you go that route of giving him the qualifying offer? I don't think they get to that point, BK. Okay. Um, I, I really don't. I, I think they'll they'll get that satisfied before then. I, I totally understand the business side of it as to why you would think that way, but I do think before it's all said and done, they would get that done before then. Perfect. That, that's. I think that would be very happy news for any Cardinals fans listening. Uh, last thing that I wanted to ask you about, Dan, was in relation to the game last night. We're talking to Dan McLaughlin here on 101 ESPN, Cardinals broadcaster and host of Scoops with Danny Mac. You can hear that weekdays from 10 to 11 o'clock. He'll have Mike Schilt on tomorrow morning with him. We were talking about Clayton Kershaw's performance from last night and how he could potentially change what is his legacy as a pitcher because right now he's known as fantastic regular season pitcher and then blows up in the postseason. If he gets a ring this year and maybe gets another one in the future, could he shift the narrative on his own career, Dan, or do you think it's already set at this point? Oh, I, I think he's got time to shift it because they're they're built to win this year, and I do think they're going to win this year if Tampa Bay doesn't start to hit. And I don't think they're going to pitch to Randy Rosarena. And if you don't pitch to him, then who else is going to step up in that Tampa Bay lineup? That's. But your question is about Kershaw. I think it shifts, shifts because the game has shifted from when he first broke into the league to how they're using him now. And I thought last night was a great example. Last night, he was awesome. And Dave Roberts didn't ride him into the ground. And think about some of the, the moments, even as a Cardinal fan, you've had watching Kershaw whether it was the Carpenter at-bats, in which he's had two historic at-bats against him in postseason play, or the Matt Adams home run, where he's kind of on fumes, and he's pitched a great game, but you got to him. Well, last night, they didn't let Tampa Bay get to that point. They said, okay, you've been great, and now we're taking you out, even though we know there's still more in the tank. 
And that's where the game is now. You know, you don't let guys see a third time through a lineup or you don't let uh, Clayton Kershaw, even though there's more in the tank, you don't let him get there. You don't let him ride on fumes. You go to your bullpen. So when he first broke into the league, sometimes he was throwing on short days rest or you were that manager and you said, well, he's my guy. He's my horse. I'm riding him out. They don't do that now. And they're not going to let him do that. So I do think the narrative can change because of how the game has changed. And they're going to be in postseason play. And even though Dave Roberts did that in the series against the Braves, and I don't think he should have faced Ozuna, and he did, and he got burned, and he lost, well, he learned this time. Don't do that. It didn't let him get to that point. And that's why I think things can change. And the narrative will change. And they'll win. And when you win, everything changes. Jamie knows that. Anybody in sports knows that. You know that, BK. When you win and you start getting rings, a lot is forgotten. So as the game has changed and it's ever-evolving in baseball and how they use these starters and not letting them go deep, especially in postseason, things will change with Clayton Kershaw. I really believe that. It's interesting because last night he ends up back at the fest that typically Dave Roberts is the guy that's going to leave him in a little longer, just 78 pitches through six innings. And then on the other side of things, the guy that normally leaves or takes the starter out early, Kevin Cash, he leaves glass now in for 110 and just half of those were strikes through four and a third. So it, it was kind of this dichotomy of the two teams basically having a mirror image of what the other typically is last night. And Glasnow had walked six, and Kershaw, through his first four innings, it was like his best four innings almost he had ever had. He had over he had something like 51.3% swings and misses on his swings against him. And that was one of the best he had ever had, if not the best ever in his career. So you were talking about a performance that he was putting together that was one of the best he's ever had. And yet they said, okay, that's enough. We're good. We love our pin. And think about how they used his bullpen in Game 7 with the Braves, against the Braves. Urias went, they got the final nine outs. So they were rested going in, and Dave Roberts said, that's it, I'm good, I got rested guys, and now they've got arrested Clayton Kershaw next time he goes out. So you're right, it was kind of a flip of the switch, mm-hmm. uh, if you want, you know, and how they used him. So it was really interesting how they did that. He's Danny Mack, Cardinals broadcaster and host of Scoops with Danny Mendel. Days from 10 to 11 o'clock, if you missed it, he will have Mike Schilt on, Cardinals manager, tomorrow. Be sure to tune in to 10 to 11 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. Dan, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk with you again soon. Great to be with you guys. Thanks. You got it. That's Danny Mac joining us here on 101 ESPN. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Questions and answers coming up next.